Please remain standing for our reading of Scripture today. Now Philippians 4, 4 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. This is the word of God for the people of God. I invite you to be seated. Let's pray. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, as scripture is read, as word is proclaimed, help us hear with joy what you say to us this day in your name. Amen. We continue our worship series on the fruit of the Spirit this week. And we continue with the fruit that is peace. Now, just a reminder, each week, um, the definition we are going with for fruit of the spirit is those actions which show evidence of the presence of the holy spirit in a person's life and as a christian we are reminded that these are the actions that people should witness in us in our daily living whenever we are new christians or if you're teaching somebody who is new how to be a christian how to live this is a place to start when learning how to live like Jesus. So today we're talking about peace and we're answering the question, how can I find peace in a world divided? How can I find peace in a world divided? Just like we heard last week with joy, and just like you'll hear with a lot of these fruit, they have a lot in common. Have you noticed that already? The fruit of the Spirit have a lot in common, and you'll see that trend carry on throughout. And so just like last week when we talked about the fruit of joy, this week peace also is not an emotion, but peace is a state of being. Peace is a state of being. Peace is a byproduct of being in a consistent relationship with God through Jesus Christ by way of the Holy Spirit. And just as God is love, just as God is joy, guess what? God is peace. It is part of God's character. Peace is at the very heart and nature of God. It composes God's identity. So what is this peace? The peace we refer to today is the Hebrew word shalom. Everybody say, shalom. shalom. Are you familiar with this phrase? Perhaps you've heard it. Perhaps it's one of the Hebrew words that, that you know, that you even use. We have a song that we sing, shalom to you. Shalom, my friends. And, and this word shalom in the Hebrew is literally translated as the condition of freedom from disturbance. The condition of freedom from disturbance whether outwardly as a nation from war or enemies or inwardly within the soul. 
The condition of freedom from disturbance. This word peace, it's another one of those ambiguous English words that actually carries quite a few meanings. It can be used in quite a few different contexts. For some, it means secession of war, literally. For others, it means not a worry in the world. The kind of peace that we will talk about today, though, is the kind that we have when God's presence is with us. And when it is God's presence that defines us. It means much more, as we'll see, than just simply the absence of war or the absence of conflict or the absence of worry. It indicates more than a positive state of soul or a private transaction between God and us. The longing for God's shalom definitely uh, can include all of these things and, and does include all of these things. But for all of us, peace is much bigger. Peace is much larger. And peace is much broader. Shalom means not only inner or spiritual peace, it means wholeness. Shalom means completeness. And it's a completeness that permeates throughout all of creation. It means the end of injustice. It means the rich no longer devour the poor. It means all brokenness would be set right and deleted and healed. It means that people would love one another with a genuine agape love. Shalom would flow deep and broad, or as the old song goes, deep and wide, deep and wide. And it embraces all of creation, from humans to animals to plants to the earth itself. This shalom is what we truly seek when we talk about peace today, the peace that is the fruit of the Spirit, the peace that comes only from God. So how do we find this shalom? I'm glad you asked. Have you ever tried to mix oil, oil and water? What happens? It will never mix, will it? You can pour it in, you can shake it up, you can stir it up, but oil and water will not mix. True or false? There are many oil and water issues in the world today. Some countries and ethnic groups just cannot get along. They would as soon kill one another than try to live in peace with one another. We see this um, play out almost every day in the Middle East. Some families even uh, tend to live on opposite ends of the house. There are, there are uh, various political groups that are far apart as you can possibly be on the important issues of the day. 
They agree next to, to next to nothing in important laws and regulations get tied up in red tape because of agendas, because of disagreements, because of the lack of peace. All these things together, we're, we're going to categorize today. We're going to call these collectively the worries or the concerns of the mind. Are you with me? The worries of the mind, and, and these uh, can include issues that we read about, that we see on the news, issues that, that we witness firsthand. Uh, it can be issues that we're living in and around, uh, war, violence, hate, um, unrest, the thoughts, uh, uh, the things that we witness. Worries of the mind. But there's another category, there's other things, and there's, there's also oil and water issues in our personal lives as well. These are the issues that, that keep us up at night. And we all have those issues that keep us up at night. For some, maybe it's financial hardship. For others, maybe it's school homework and papers. Maybe it's a work responsibilities and stresses or, or health or relationships. But more simply, it's things that cause us personal anxiety, things that bring us true fear. These things we're going to collectively categorize and call them the worries or the concerns of the heart. The worries of the heart. But no matter if they're worries of the mind, no matter if they're worries of the heart or anything else, collectively these worries are an oil and water issue with peace. Sisters and brothers, when worry or anxiety is present, there cannot be peace. To akin this to another science metaphor, it's trying to mix fire and gasoline. What happens when you try to mix fire and gasoline? Poof! Everybody say poof. <laughs> when the two meet, not only do they not mix, right? But they cannot even be remotely in the same area together. They create such a volatile reaction that it blows up. There cannot be peace amidst fire and gasoline. When we put into our hearts, what we put into our minds determines the components of the mixture. What we put in determines what comes out. What we put in determines how well it can be mixed or combined together. So, if you put oil and water in, then guess what? That's what you're going to get out. If you put volatile, nasty, worldly things in, then this is what comes out. If we put genuine, godly, peaceful things into our minds, then guess what? That's what comes out. So then what are we called to put into our minds? Paul makes a list for us in Philippians of the things that we are to put into our minds. 
Paul says in Philippians 4, put in what is true. Truth includes that which is in accordance with reality. It includes things that are sincere, things that are loyal, things that are faithful, things that are proper, reliable, and things that are genuine. Paul says put in things that are honorable. That means matters that are worthy of respect, matters that are worthy of dignity, and exalted in a character of excellence. Another way to word that is put things that are just. We go to just. Just things are things that are thoughts and plans that meet God's standard of righteousness. Things that meet God's criteria. Things that are also keeping with truth. Because guess what? They work hand in hand. Put in things that are pure, Paul says. Free from contamination or blemish is what pure means. Unmixed, unmodified, wholesome things. Paul, in, in indicating this particular one, Paul was likely speaking of, of, of moral purity. Especially if he was talking to the people of Philippi. He was likely talking of moral purity purity. And this is perhaps one of the most difficult to maintain in our thoughts. Moral purity. Put in things, Paul says, that are pleasing. Thoughts of great moral and spiritual beauty. Not things that are evil, that could lead to hate, lead to sin. Paul says put in things that are commendable. That means things that speak well of the thinker. Things that, that recommend, thoughts that recommend, thoughts that, that give confidence in. Things that afford approval of. Thoughts that reveal positive and constructive thinking. A believer's thoughts, if heard by others, should be admirable, not embarrassing. Things that are commendable. Even as difficult as it is, things that are self-commendable. Put in things that are of excellence. This means moral, huh, there we go, that word again, moral excellence. Nothing of substandard quality. There's no room for that. Nothing substandard. And finally, that which is worthy of praise. This phrase may be, may be restated as anything that deserves the thinker's praise. Or anything that God would deem praiseworthy. That absolutely is what we need to be putting in our mind. So Paul gives us this list, and, and granted, this is not an exhaustive list, but it's a place to start, just like the fruit of the Spirit is a place to start when learning to live like Jesus. But, but how will this create shalom for me? What does peace, this peace, what does this shalom do for me? Why go through all of this 
And what, is, uh, what am I going to get out of it? What it, will it produce for me? I'm glad you asked again. In Philippians, Paul indicates today, he says that, this, that our, uh, it will guard our hearts and minds. Did you see that in the scripture or hear that? Guard our hearts and minds. The Greek word used here for the word guard is forerio. Everybody say forerio. Good job. I know I probably mispronounced it too, but that's about as good as we're getting today. Forerio was a military term that literally means to surround and to protect. And it's used in the context of a garrison city. Are you familiar with what a garrison city is? It's a city where troops lived in the town, surrounded the town, and kept the town safe. It's a military strategy, and it's a military town. Paul would have used this in Philippi because guess what? Philippi was a garrison city for Roman troops. And so the people, the Philippians, would have been familiar with Roman guards maintaining watch around the city, guarding the city from outside attack, literally surrounding and protecting the city. God's peace is like soldiers surrounding our emotions and our thoughts, securing them against threatening and harmful outside forces. God's peace puts our thoughts at rest. God's peace puts our hearts at rest. And this is not the kind of rest that you get in a hammock in the backyard on a Sunday afternoon or in a bed for nap time, but it's a rest that quiets our hearts and thoughts in times of turmoil, in times of conflict. A rest that keeps us calm when around us the rest of the world might be rioting. This calmness is produced because God has given it to us as a gift. A byproduct of a lifetime commitment to Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And a byproduct of having the Holy Spirit active in our lives. If we commit our lives to Christ, then we can experience shalom. We can experience the peace that Paul speaks of here. If we trust in Jesus to guide our thoughts, if we trust in the Holy Spirit to guide our way, then we will find that our thoughts can and will be quieted, that our hearts can be at rest, And when our thoughts and hearts can be at rest, that is to experience God's peace. 
this peace is different from anything this world can give. It isn't anything, in fact, like the peace the world gives. Sin, fear, uncertainty, doubt. These things work in our lives around us every day to, to help make us troubled, to help make us afraid. The peace of God, though, moves into our hearts and lives to restrain these hostile forces and, and offers comfort in place of conflict. The Holy Spirit's work in our lives does more than just keep us at peace or at bay for a little while true, authentic shalom by way of the Holy Spirit brings a lasting peace, a deep and abiding peace. We can all have confident assurance that in any circumstance with Christ's peace, we have no need to fear the present. We have no need to fear the future. In my case, my greatest fear I've got no need to fear the unknown because God can bring peace even to the unknown. <laughs> Folks, shalom cannot be fully realized just in positive thinking or the non-existence of conflict or even in good vibes. It takes more than that. True peace comes only from truly letting go and letting God control our lives. Do you believe that today? Say amen. This is how we obtain true peace. God's peace is far more amazing <laughs> than even our minds can fathom. Such peace cannot be self-generated. It comes from God alone. It is God's gift to us in a difficult world. The peace the world offers can only be temporary because by the next conflict it can be gone. By the next difficult phone call it can be gone. The peace of God is the result of deliverance from conflict and of sin. World peace is made by humans. Spiritual peace is God-given. Biblical peace is shalom. It is God's gift to God's people in a fallen, warmongering world and can only be given by God. And you want to know the best part of the good news today? When things that are given by God means this world, no matter how hard it tries, when it belongs to God, the world cannot take it away. That is good news. Because nothing this world can do can take away true shalom because it comes from God. If you hear nothing else, leave with that message today. Ernest Campbell tells a story about a woman who went to a pet store to purchase a parrot to keep her company and, and, and to give her some peace. She took, <laughs> she took her new pet home, but returned the next day to this pet store to complain that the parrot 
hadn't said a word yet. Does it have a mirror? Asked the shopkeeper. Parrots like to look at themselves. So she bought the mirror. The next day, she went back to the pet store and announced that the bird still had not said a word. What about a ladder? said the pet store owner. Parrots enjoy walking up and down, so she bought a ladder. But sure enough, guess where she went the very next day? Back to the pet store. How about a swing? Parrots love to swing. So she bought a swing and brought it home to the parrot. The next day, she returned to the pet store and told the shopkeeper, I'm sorry, I have to report, but the bird died. I'm terribly sorry to hear that, said the shopkeeper. Did the bird ever say anything before he died? And the lady said, yeah, the parrot said, do they sell any food at that shop? <laughs> you know, we, we, we readily buy mirrors by which to primp. We buy ladders by which to climb higher and swings by which to seek pleasure. But where is the food for our souls? Jesus Christ is the soul food that gives our thoughts and hearts quiet and rest. And that is the biblical peace of shalom. It lasts a lifetime. And this world cannot take shalom, which surpasses all the understanding this world can fathom anyway, away. So when someone asks, do they provide any soul food down at that church? What are we going to say? What's our answer? How many of us are buying it? What could it be like if people everywhere were buying into that soul food? What would it look like first if we were out actively selling it? What if people everywhere was buying the soul food of peace that comes only from God because of Jesus Christ? by way of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, my peace I leave with you. This peace that goes with you always. The gospel message is that God is peace. How are we at shalom today? How are we keeping it constant in our lives? How are we buying into the soul food? And how are we selling it to everyone outside of those doors? This is the gospel message. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.